Hey everybody, welcome to NFT Hype, another artist spotlight, a famous one that is. Um, uh, well, they're all famous in, in everybody's uh, art level's eyes, but uh, here we have Veza, uh, who recently had a, a, a couple uh, new drops recently um, regarding the Batman and Superman one that was kind of cool. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. That was really cool. Hey, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Um, pleasure to know that more people are are coming in to really uh, sort of help this space grow. So your your show is a welcome add to uh, to the whole scene. And yeah, in, indeed, it's been an incredibly exciting week. There's many many things that are coming that are really coming to fruition at the start of the coming year, and uh, it's been a long time um, uh, coming. And uh, this most recent one we did as a collaboration with the bad crypto, uh, bad crypto podcast guys uh, so joel and travis are longtime friends and we've been doing collaborations with them for uh, for a couple of years now already and this is a new iteration with their nifty show and uh, it was part inspired by um, having this incredible uh, honor of being one of the characters in their blockchain heroes uh, card series or inspired by um, was the, was the whole thing of this uh, character called Brightstroke. And then uh, they said that, hey, we have this uh, show coming on and we want to do an art drop and would you join us for the first one? And I'm like, of course, I'm gaming, guys. And uh, <clears throat> I thought it would be good to do something with Satoshi, which is the main card of the, the blockchain heroes and, and maybe make a little bit more of an adult version of that whole thing. And then earlier on, I, I saw how Jose Delbo, the great uh, comic book artist, has a stellar career of... Uh, since drawing comics since 16 and, and just worked about worked for marvel and dc and everyone oh, yeah. who's anyone in the whole comic scene and he's now entered into the nft thing and uh, I, I had to put together um a piece at a fairly um it, it, you know i had a schedule so i had five days till the launch so i thought okay i'll, I'll do something satoshi and then uh, also bring in because there's a moral uh, clash if you think of the blockchain heroes expression it's very much a comic book type of thing of how they put it together but the the actual substance of the crypto art space is quite controversial and in in some sense it, it's obvious that uh in the because also the dc universe in particular in the comic book uh, world is quite um straightforward in a way and and intended for kids originally and then it's evolved many ways but let's say there is a character that is all of a sudden thing all of a sudden something about the the monetary system corruption and right. what is money and and all those kinds of things and then this mysterious character appears let's say if we were in the dc universe satoshi would very likely be a villain in the eyes of batman and, and superman uh -huh. so i i thought that would be an interesting invitation to not only adult, but also uh, contrast the two worlds a little bit and, right. and really bring some substance to uh, to what this whole thing is about. And luckily, it was a success and it sold out as as we did it. And uh, it, it was um, it was incredibly and that, exciting. And it begs the question: Who's the real hero, right? In this in this scenario, this is <laughs> and this that's what probably what you want to be shield. Ah, okay. I love that. I love that. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself as an as an artist and your background. I, I know you're from Finland. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it all started um, when I was five years old. I turned my parents' pots and pans into a drum kit, and uh, I suppose I had that that in my blood. And 
and uh, start listening to Michael Jackson and, and uh, James Brown uh, at a very early, uh, early age. And um, yeah, evolved from there. I wanted to be a rock star, I suppose. Nice. Uh, played in bands and, and whatever. But I was never interested in the theory of music or even learning notes uh, on paper. I just wanted to play the guitar and be in a band. And I come from a, um, let's say, politically balanced um, family, and they, they kind of suggested that maybe I should get something a little bit more grounded than, <laughs> than, than that as a, as a profession. And it, it really all came together with film because I was as, as interested in film theory as I was in making films. I really wanted to get the whole thing and of course, um, the seeing Star Wars when I was five and getting immersed into that, that evolved into Blade Runner and uh, seeing the worlds that Ridley Scott created that you could really go and immerse yourself in. Or then David Fincher blew my mind with uh, the movie Seven and Fight Club later on. And mm -hmm. there was a whole evolution of that. <clears throat> and then so I went to film school and uh, made some films and had a production company, made a few television series and documentaries. And in one of these documentaries that I ended up independently producing was uh, a version, uh, a Finnish version of the international independent film series of Zeitgeist. And in particular, the second version called Addendum, which is pretty much just, here's the monetary system, here's how it works. And uh, here's Jacques Fresco and his work on the Venus Project and things like that. And it led me down a very peculiar rabbit hole altogether. And uh, along that time, also, I got very frustrated with filmmaking. I, I didn't have the kinds of budgets to make my seven, even. Right. And uh, even though I felt, you know, that we were doing important things, it wasn't why I got into film to begin with. And I had a sort of crisis of everything. And with that crisis, then I, I got this idea that what if I body painted on someone? Because uh, I couldn't really paint uh, at that time, around 12 years ago. Uh, but I could direct, I could light, I could photograph, I could Photoshop, I could tell stories. And I thought, what if I found someone crazy enough to get body painted and then photograph the process and, and start mocking about with paint and photography and what could I come up with? And as soon as I saw the first piece, I lost all motivation to do all the other things from there forward and, and uh, uh, gave birth to this whole concept called Artevo, which is, is this whole holistic way of, of, of making, um, I suppose, portraiture art, uh, updating it to our, our current time of how elaborate and multi-layered a portrait mixed media piece can be. And that led me to body paint this Bollywood actress called Veena Malik, and we reached a global audience, and we we sort of shook the ground a little bit with that process, and eventually that led in led me into crypto art because uh, three years ago I went for a coffee with a friend of mine who uh, came out of the sort of crypto investor closet and said that hey, listen, this is what I've been doing for a year, and this is I just paid myself for for a full year's salary yesterday, and. And this is my investment world. And I, he was trying to find a piece on his wall that would be good enough that he would um, like uh, for four days. And he couldn't find anything at that point in summer 2017. Uh, so I, I was immediately fully immersed because I was made, I'd made 350 digital high resolution originals at that point. So not only could I start monetizing those, but the world was something that I was familiar with due to 
I suppose, something that almost became like money activism through the film and understanding how the monetary system works. And it, it felt like home. Uh, I found the entrepreneurs who wanted to do uh, good in the world and they had a little bit of a rebel spirit and everything just came together. And I started writing for News BTC and going to conferences and and uh, I've been on that road ever since. And I'm ever so happy to be a part of this incredible movement. Interesting. So you actually did some pieces for News BTC as well. Uh, no, I write for them. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So about creativity, I write with them and uh, we, we sort of have this sponsorship deal that uh, I don't pay them. They don't pay me. And I've, I let the community know about what it is that I'm doing as well as help other people get exposure for uh, creative projects because that platform mainly, I think it still is, but at that point it was very much about price prediction. Those were the things that were, so it was very tech heavy. There wasn't that much creativity or, or sort of, uh, you know, it was very, very technical, the whole world at that point still. And, and it's, of course, now it's exploded and expanded, but there were maybe uh, five people that could have been considered full-time and serious crypto artists at the point when I got into the whole space. So uh, now there are thousands. <laughs> now, did you, um, did you originally uh, put your pieces on uh, Ethereum? Uh, the, the very first way that I started utilizing blockchain because basically to me first of all first and foremost crypto art uh the way that i i define it is that it's something that in themes and topics helps the whole space so it's right. it's like uh working to tell the story of what's essential about this space in order to invite other people in and of course make special collectibles for those of us who are inside the space and now it sort of almost evolved into this thing that the medium is the message that whatever it is that you tokenize, that's then crypto art. And I would say, yeah, that's a, that's a view. And of course it's an important part that you do it that way. But for me, it always starts with the story and what the function of the art is. Uh, and at best what it is that it's somehow topical uh, about the space and then you can mint it as NFTs and that's, um, that's a part of it. But uh, the, the very first platform that I started utilizing is that I started verifying uh, the physical pieces like what you see behind me uh, with various art. Uh, so, and then I think it was Codex Protocol came in and uh, we had early chats with Super Rare, but I didn't mint with them, which I regret <laughs> in hindsight, even early on. And, and uh yeah, but I, I suppose most of my NFTs at this point, they're on Ethereum. Um, and this, with the notable exception of the drop that we did with Wax with, uh, with the NFT show just a couple of days ago. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, tell us about the physical art. Is that, what, what medium is that? Is that printed? Is that, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's basically like this one behind me. Is, uh, what it is that I did 12 years ago is maybe to my own detriment, to a certain degree, I, uh, that's a digital file. To begin okay. with, it's a mixture of uh, painting and nature photography and body painting and everything that wow. came together for that piece. Then it gets printed onto these. Uh, in this format, it gets printed onto a canvas and I paint with acrylics on top of it. And it's limited to only three. It's verified on the blockchain. Uh, this, again, with various art. But also uh, what I think is really interesting about it is that it's, I call it stable art. So especially with this uh, limited to three only, what it is that the price of it is tied to one Bitcoin. So commercially, when bought from me, it's always one Bitcoin. Uh, and so whatever the market uh, evaluates Bitcoin as, that's tied to what this will move. Interesting. 
from from me as as it goes. And then of course, because the idea is that when I've um, had a lot of conversations with different kinds of people who were collecting art, and they they had uh, and part of my French, I, I I tend to swear sometimes, but they had oh, about man. usually about ten grand of fuck you money uh, <laughs> <laughs> of when they were putting something nice on their wall if they would have mm -hmm. done uh, done well for themselves and whatever it is. And I thought, yeah, that's that's a good sort of incentivization price point of where we're at right now uh, people start to look at because when i when i went into so what makes art valuable why would you pay something like 50 grand or even 100 grand or going to the stratospheric prices that you have in the the legacy art world uh, that is yet to enter the the crypto art space most people that i had these conversations with about a serious art career and serious art investment they weren't really interested in the reasons what would make that art valuable and why they would invest in it they they had the coins in mind and whatever next sushi that is coming up where they were thinking of putting their money so i thought okay so if i utilize the logic of the market if i tie it to bitcoin in that kind of a way all of a sudden all the laws and logic of the space that everyone already knows starts to work for me as opposed to something that i need to bring something new into the space with and of course it's a really exciting um, experiment because all of these different price predictions or whatever it is uh, for Bitcoin or what, what it might be uh, is one thing uh, but also because it's only limited to three and many of these uh, series have sold out already like for example one of the ones that was uh, a very <clears throat> excuse me important piece for me is this uh, called fork and flip and it, it ended up gracing the, uh, the main image uh, for the article on Forbes on the whole movement it was disseminated to half of London via City AM and, and it became my animation on my website and things like that. And it was the first one to sell out. It was a hedge fund and, a, and an exchange as well as Tone Vase bought, bought out the three. Oh, wow. So now that it's sold out and they've all sold out with, uh, with Bitcoin, they're not going to let go of it if anyone ever gives it out to the secondary market for less than a Bitcoin. Because right. the logic, again, is that no one wants to let go of their Bitcoin. So if you do, then uh, it would be nice if you can get your Bitcoin back or more. Because right. af after it's sold out, it's unavailable. So if it ever comes to the market, I wouldn't sell it for less than three. Uh, let's say, or whatever the demand in the end will be. And that's the sort of logic that I came up with it. And, and part of it was when I met Tone Vase is because he has uh, a wristwatch that is, I think it's about a $400 watch and he paid five Bitcoin for it. And he's a little pissed that he... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so keeping like, this watch okay. forever. That's what he's thinking. And I know everyone has those kinds of stories. So I thought, well, if I put something important out there that, because, you know, these, these things sometimes take a month to make and, and uh, they're even quite expensive to manufacture and you have this whole process of things. So they're at this price point now buying my works. Uh, having been a creative professional for 20 years and having reached all of those global audiences and now with the next project even more, uh, these are child's prices. Right. Uh, so if I was a whale and really got what it is that I'm doing, I'd probably buy out the whole lot. Right. Uh, so that's... And, and this is what we're, this, this is sort of what I'm seeing in the space as well too. It's like you're having um, two, two different mindsets. You're having an artist mindset. You're having the, the people who consume art. And then you're also having crypto and crypto investors. So it's, it's almost uh, a, a amalgamation or a melding of all of these different mindsets together in the space right now. And it's really, really interesting to see actually. It's, it's fantastic. I, I mean, imagine 
Um, like, let's say, uh, Van Gogh and his style is obviously phenomenal, and the guy was a genius. But he was a genius in a very narrow field. And if you think of the sociological nightmare that he was embedded in, is that... <clears throat> The things that most people need to be at least mediocre at, which is forming relationships, understanding money a little bit, uh, having a kind of social social circle that helps you. He had no one and he got sort of radicalized because he, he didn't um, do the things that or want to get better at the things that he was very lousy at, as none of us really do. And then he started idolizing field workers, working in a small village, having to be supported by his brother. So the... The, the cycle of bitterness of not having a financial education, not taking responsibility for the business side or the relationship sides of life is not something that is generally uh, supported or even encouraged in the, in the art space. It's sort of the you suffer with your toils and die in mm. poverty and then everyone gets all the fruit of your labor. And one of the very cool things about crypto is that it, because it's, sort of, it's money that works for you as opposed to against you like the current fiat system now does, you're incentivized to save. You're incentivized to understand the market. You're incentivized to understand the people who are building the whole space and you're part of a much, much bigger movement than is the art movement, which is already a significant thing inside of it, but you're part of a whole community that helps you support to get your whole shit together. Right. And this is what's so incredibly important for artists to get about this whole space as well. And obviously, the, the, the couple points to add on to that, all that, all what you just said there was just, you know, awesome. But like, you also have provable rarity, provable uh, ownership and provenance too, which I think just adds probably a lot to the to the value of these things as well i i would absolutely agree and i think within our lifetimes we will see a digital art piece sell for uh, more than any of the physical art pieces i've sold in our lifetimes before i'm predicting this is going to be in the hundreds of millions and uh, and the logic of why that is is first of all is that the christies and sotheby's who have the biggest guns to confirm the physical art pieces they can have up to 50 percent of fakes in their catalogs wow and they're they're the it, it, it's an open secret of the industry there's like the the world's foremost expert on jackson pollock's refuses to uh, verify any more jackson pollock's simply because there's that many fakes wow. so that's one aspect of it and where people really struggle at the moment uh, that we have solutions already for, but that it's not really uh, self-evident to many people yet because they haven't experienced uh, spaces like crypto voxels or places like that. But the, the question always is, so if I buy a physical uh, digital piece, where would I showcase it? What, what's my motivation? And do I then just, is it like a token? What is it? And if you have digital land in a space like crypto voxels or decentral land or something like that, and you've built your own space, the psychology of showing off with whatever it is that you have a fancy house or good sneakers on your avatar or you have a, a car, yacht, whatever it is, is because of the meetup and collaborative communal nature of the crypto space as that expands all of these things that are the psychological factors for you to own something in the uh, physical space are transferring one to one on steroids onto the to the digital space right. and I, I've, I I thought it was so dumb like first I was like Decentraland what is this this feels like you know a computer game from the 2000s what it's very yeah. blocky oh it's jarry and then it's like oh meetups something like that you people are buying sneakers what for the avatars are you serious and then I went with my nude avatar into the first meetup and then I felt it and I was like <laughs> shit I'm nude 
And then I was like, oh, that's how they get you. <laughs> whip out the credit card or whip out the wallet, right? Yeah. So th that's how it will gradually go. And of course, uh, virtual reality is something that is really coming into the space uh, with, uh, with a lot of force right now as, as it's becoming uh, financially and technologically feasible to the point. And, 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 and just imagine a scenario like you had the, is it Travis Scott who I, I think it's, I'm not a listener of his music, but it's this rapper guy who held this big concert in, uh, I think it was Fortnite for 15 million people or something. Right. Like that. I think I saw something, but it was a few months ago, right? Yeah. So imagine if there's a big concert like that, a big habit happening and an artist creates a whole space in which this concert is held and that's sold as an art piece and whatever. And all of a sudden you start to see these incentives and these cards starting to come together as to why something might cost a million. It might cost 10 million. It might in, go exponential in that, into. And in that, let's say in that virtual environment, you can have a promotional places where you can people can put ads up or a gallery where people can come in and uh, view some art and it's all verified like you're you're looking at the original uh Vesa or the original atom bomb or something like that you know what i mean it's not a piece on the wall anymore the art piece is you're inside the art piece yeah and and then there's the argument too. Like I, I saw one crypto influencer post out. He's like, uh, and it was I don't know if it was a rhetorical question, but he he posted he posted something like, well, why would I pay this much for an NFT that's verified when I can just take a picture of it and have a picture? And to me, it was like, I I don't know if he was being totally serious, but it's obvious to probably me and you. But to some people, it's always going to be just a digital picture, right? Well, it's, it's the same thing as like, uh, if I can take just a picture on my computer screen of my Bitcoin, as opposed to you <laughs> having a Bitcoin in your wallet. Um, I don't know, man. There's a, <laughs> 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 there, there's, there's, um, but that, that's, that's the strange thing. It, it's actually something that people who are even Bitcoin OGs that have, have been in this space almost ever since the beginning, they might still have that same logic for a, a picture or an NFT, even though they're full in, in crypto. So it's a, it's a bit of cognitive dissonance, but I think it's also just because it's, you need to sacrifice some time. You need to be incentivized in some way in order to be interested to really get it of why it is. But for, for people who get crypto, I think it's easy. And it's that picture reference. It's a picture of your Bitcoin as opposed to you having a Bitcoin. Uh, but for the legacy art world out there that is slow in, it's probably 20, 30 years behind the actual innovation, uh, as, as of right now, you know, that's one thing. But then the, the population at large, um, I think it's the collectible cards, you know, like the garbage pail kids and right. what the bad crypto podcast guys did and, and those things becoming more readily available and just the new generation shift. They're, they're, they're probably going to think cash is stupid. Right. Um, so it, it's, it, it, they're, they're much more. I'd be curious if we took a poll and we would say, if you had the chance to see a fake uh, real life piece of let's say a atom bomb uh, card versus a real digital version, which one would you pay a, a, a price to see? I would be curious to see the poll on that. Would you not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, as, you, as you rightly said, there's so many art physical pieces out there that are fake. So if I went to a museum somewhere, there's a good chance that there's probably a fake on the wall somewhere. 
there's there's quite a few and probably in big collections that people have paid millions and millions of dollars for and no one's the wiser I, I i think there was even a lot of controversy on that i think it's the third sunflower of van gogh again that is in japan and i think there's ambiguity because they might even suspect themselves that it's it's not it's not the real thing um but obviously there's a lot of ego involved and a lot of investment involved and you know when i looked at that that piece i went like that doesn't have the radiance that doesn't have the power of van gogh Right. Uh, but you know, if I had that piece and I had a hundred million dollars invested in it, how motivated would I be to actually explore whether it's a fake or not? I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah, give yourself the benefit of the doubt in that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, so I'm, I'm sure there's a bunch of um, bunch of Jackson Pollocks in people's uh, possession that have nothing to do with Jackson Pollock. Uh, yeah, and and in terms of the art appreciator. Does that does the person appreciating the art have less or more appreciation for it, knowing it's it's a fake or knowing it's not a fake? It's like that placebo effect, you know, almost uh, mm. that you have there. It's a very interesting concept uh, to think of, and I think we're discovering it with this uh, digital art world, right? As as we as we speak right now, um, Vezo, what are you excited about? Like, where do you see the space taking off into like the next couple years? Like, uh, not five years, but maybe two years out. Um, well, we, we're, we're seeing the first sort of bull run of NFTs right now. And as, as the, now the alts are, are starting to pump again, and then we're going to get a new all time high of Bitcoin. And, and there's going to be, I think the exciting thing altogether is that how much people are waking up to NFTs, but also that after this long, uh, bear that we've, we've experienced now, there's going to be a bunch of people that come to the ecosystem that are new. Uh, many people are going to make a boatload of money uh, up to the point like one of my friends uh, michael says that uh, they're not going to know what to do with uh, so <laughs> nfts and art and collectibles and those kind of things are are probably going to be exploding in popularity but of course these platforms are becoming more streamlined it's becoming more accessible you can even buy uh, the art pieces with fiat there's more crossover um, so adoption is going to be helped in that that way um, there's this incredible excitement but also it's also kind of easy to see that after the bull run there's um there's a lot of different methods that i don't particularly think are great uh what people are utilizing in the nft space that are necessarily to the benefit of the collectors so i think in the bull run what we're going to see is that there's also a whole bunch of uh money that is going to be thrown into things that never had a shot to begin with or didn't have much value but were hyped as such so uh, there is going to be the inevitable accusations that, oh, I lost this and this and this wasn't valuable. Therefore, NFTs are a scam, much like the right. ICO uh, type of hype. So that's in the cycle coming. Um, so I would, in that sense, uh, anyone who's especially coming in from the point of investment, uh, there's some things to look at is what are the artist's career? How, how long have they been in the space? What their accomplishments are? who have they sold their art to before at what kind of prices and uh, do they have some crossover or have they only been in the crypto art space have they done other things as well and you got get to start getting these cross reference points of of because there, there's going to be stellar new artists that come in that just have something unique that hasn't been done ever before and all of a sudden they just explode and they are the bright stars and rightly so they they deserve uh their spots and they deserve their money and they were hold their value but there is way less of them that 
than some would like for you to believe. And even with those, it's the whole, whole uh, law of crypto is do your own research. So if the NFT uh, space and the collectibles, which I think are an incredible opportunity right now, uh, because there is very, very cheap art pieces that will be costing a lot of money in the future now sold for very reasonable prices. Uh, so there is opportunity, but um, some of the laws and logic will calm down and be migrated from the legacy system into this new exciting art ecosystem as well. But right now it's a little bit of a wild west and that has its benefits and minuses. Uh, but yeah, do your own research, man. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, what did your one of one go for? 50,000 wax, was it? Yeah. Great. Yeah, that that was, was really cool. Yeah, it was okay. I, I, I mean, I'm in a particularly, um, strange paradox uh, because my my physical versions of these art pieces were doing very well and uh, they were selling for around that one bitcoin mark and more uh, and then uh, i didn't pay a, as much attention to the nft scene as it was growing even though my originals are digital files and that's the strange paradox that once I started minting my NFTs. Uh, there were a whole bunch of other artists who had a lot of attention uh, on their NFTs. And I thought, well, this is a little strange that I, I just sold a couple of pieces for a couple of Bitcoin or something like that. And then I made the NFT version and uh, they wouldn't pay a couple of Ethereum for it. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, I just had this mind melt. I'm going like, what the hell is going on over here? And then I just, well, I, I just hadn't put in the groundwork of, of uh, just solidifying the, so that people understand what, the, what it is that I've done and why these would be valuable. And I started paying, especially when Corona came, much more interest into uh, my NFTs and now growing it. And now the foundations are ready for that part to really become something interesting once the year starts. There's a couple of exciting collaborations that happened before then, uh, but especially with the news that is coming out in January, uh, I know that not only the crypto space, but the world at large is going to start paying attention. Did you want to give a hint as to what that is or... Uh, it, it's a well. I did that collaboration with a Bollywood actress before. And oh, this is that's of right. A similar, uh, this is of a similar caliber of a collaboration, and it has uh, many of the crypto aspects from platforms as well as uh, notable people, um, sort of together with this. And we're building a studio as well for things that I'm doing. That is, uh, uh, do you work in inches or or meters? Uh, inches. Oh, right. So it's going to be because it's 400 square meter. So that's about oh, wow. 1,200 foot studio, which will be built. And uh, it, it's uh, from floor to ceiling made from my art. So we're, we're manufacturing a physical space from which to start um, building these crossovers between. Sorry? And is that going to be, where's, where's the physical location? I'll 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 go into that once once we uh we we publish this uh, okay cool this thing a little bit along the line but it's going to be an absolute magic land and also there's a collaboration with an animation company that we solidified as well to start really making them into the visions that that they can become so it's an incredibly uh, exciting period. Yeah, so, no, I, I totally agree with you and it was awesome spending some time with you and seeing your vision on 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 the space. I I love that the amount of work and effort that you put into it. And uh, I, we hope to see more from you, man. Uh, where, can, where can viewers uh, keep catch up with you and, and find all your stuff? 
Oh, sure. Um, if you want to see maybe the most condensed version of some information about this stuff is uh, artforcrypto.com. Uh, that'll just scrolling a little bit down, it will take you to either the physical pieces or the NFTs of where the majority of them are. And uh, Twitter, I'm probably most active at, uh, which is at art by Vesa, V-E-S-A. And that's the same for Instagram. And, you know, I'm very open to any conversations, collaborations with platforms and people and commissions. And even though probably the next commission that I'll be able to take is somewhere like February, because <laughs> it's, it's uh, the, the rest of the year is pretty booked. But, um, but yeah, I still sell everything all the time and, and the, the ones especially that have been pre-made. So um, that's one thing. But yeah, just hit me up on, on any socials. and uh, Cool. Yeah. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. Um, I hope to see you around this space. I definitely will see you around the Wax ecosystem. And uh, uh, have an awesome day. And we'll talk to you again soon. Likewise, Johan. Thanks for having me on. Peace.